You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We had a robust conversation last week on this show about what it's going to take for schools to reopen safely in the fall and how they can do that amid a likely budget crisis. That crisis could bring with it the biggest cut to public education since we passed Proposal A here in Michigan. Senator Debbie Stabenow has introduced bipartisan legislation to allow a federal grant program at the U.S. Department of Education to help school districts and colleges reopen in the fall. She joins us now to talk about it and the challenges that face our schools. Senator Stabenow, welcome to the show. Stephen, it's always great to be with you, uh, and and this is certainly a topic uh, that all of us care deeply about. I can tell you in my family, uh, uh, little grandchildren that have a grandson who's supposed to start kindergarten in the oh, fall, no. and can't do that on Zoom. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about you think about that that memory that uh, kids that age will have for the rest of their lives about exactly. how school yeah. starts. So, so let's talk about this grant program. How much funding would be available to districts, and how would those funds be distributed? Well, let me first start by saying that without additional resources, I just don't know how our schools are going to be able to do what they want to do, are dedicated to do, which is to open safely, particularly in a situation where with all of the resources that have gone to combat COVID-19, as they should at the state level and local level, mm-hmm. and the, the fact that the economy is down and the school aid fund has shortfalls, something like um, $2.3 billion this year and next, just in Michigan, uh, the numbers don't add up unless the federal government comes in, as we should to help. And because we're looking at about uh, $1 billion across Michigan to do everything that should be done to make sure that the schools are safe. The equipment's there, the classrooms are changed so that there's more distancing, which means more classrooms and means more teachers. Uh, you know, the sanitation efforts, custodial efforts, and all of that. And so what we're looking at uh, is a range of about $75 billion that's needed across the country. Um, I reached out to a Republican colleague of mine from Louisiana who I know cares very much about education, uh, Senator Cassidy, and said, look, we've got to get a bipartisan push going here because we're running out of time right now. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is the, this is the end of June. I mean, these dollars should be going out to our schools. And so put together the bill, we list the things that – the funding could be used for, it would be set up very simply. It'd be based on the number of children in the state that are going to school as well as college. The dollars would go to the state that would then send them to the local um, school districts. And um, and the one other thing I would say about numbers is that the estimates are it's uh, around $1.8 million for a school district to really do everything that they need to do mm-hmm. for, for K-12. And in college, they're estimating, you know, at minimum $1,000 per student when you have to deal with reconfiguring the cafeteria and the dorms and the classrooms. And, you know, everybody's going to have to have masks and, and all of the other things you need to do. So we don't have a choice. Our children need to go back to school. It has to be safe. We can't really safely open the economy unless our schools can open safely. 
And so um, this, I, my judgment, is there's a great sense of urgency around this. And when we talk about uh, federal help for things like this, I think uh, people sometimes ask whether that's whether that's appropriate uh, for the federal government to be helping out states. Of course, the federal government is also borrowing lots of money to help Americans. Do you worry about the burden, I guess, the financial burden of this and where, where it's all going to fall? Stephen, you know, I worry about many things related to this but here's what i know we the the uh the risk of inaction are far worse than the risk of action Hmm. i mean right now we're in the middle of a once in a generational moment i hope it's once in generational in terms of a health pandemic we have uh over 123,000 people in our country um, who have died, people who have lost family members and friends. And by the way, um, we're a little over 4% of the world's population in America, and we have over 25% of the deaths, so, which is a whole other discussion here of the lack of immediate and, and uh, uh, sustained national um, action. So we don't have a choice uh, at this point, but to do everything we can to keep our people safe, to save lives, and then to open our schools, our businesses in the very safest way possible. And all of this, you know, we've got to be focused on until we get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. And we're at least a year down the road uh, or more uh, to to do that. So we we can manage this. Michigan has done, I think, one of the best, uh, uh, you know, the efforts on managing this in the country right now. I sure am glad my whole family lives in Michigan, Hmm. doesn't live in Texas or Florida or some other place where they've continued to deny and wish try to wish away a medical emergency, which we all know that never works. Um, So we've got to act. So, so last week when we were talking about this with uh, Elizabeth Moji, who's the dean of the School of Education at the University of Michigan, and with uh, Amber Ariano, who runs Education Trust Midwest, both of them said that this is the moment, they think, to try to recognize and address the fact that Michigan is one of the worst states in the nation when it comes to equitable school funding. We still do it the old-fashioned way, kind of uh, relying on property tax values in local jurisdictions to determine how much money goes to schools. I wonder, you were someone who played such a key role in negotiating Proposal A as a state senator back in the 1990s. Uh, I wonder what you make of this opportunity to rethink funding and the way we distribute it in in Michigan. Is it time to revisit some of those things that we were talking about when we passed Prop A? I do think it is an important time to revisit a number of things. And one is refinancing, although I would say the whole basis of Proposal A was to move to more statewide funding through the sales tax. So there's less reliance on property tax, more on sales. I would have preferred 
that that be structured differently, frankly. And, uh, I supported the version that would go towards income tax, which I think is more equitable um, than sales tax, you know, on so many things that are essential for families. But one of the reasons that we have uh, such a hole in the school aid fund right now is because it is connected to state sales tax and people are not buying as much and they're not, you know, going out and spending money as much. Their revenue is not coming in, which has played a major role in the fact that we have less money for schools. So I do think we need to revisit that. I also think it's another important opportunity, Stephen, and that is to look at uh, the disparities in education. And I, we have disparities. And obviously, racial disparities are in display mm-hmm. uh, through COVID-19 everywhere from healthcare, housing, education, uh, nutrition, and so on. In the school setting, though, we have a situation where we say, as you know, children should stay home, be uh, going to school remotely, and not every child can do that. Now, I'm really proud of the fact um, that, you know, this major effort occurred, and, and I want to thank Reverend Wendell Anthony for, for his leadership on this, but the business community, philanthropy, everybody mm-hmm. came together and said, we're going to make sure every child in Detroit public schools has uh, a computer and it's hooked up the internet um, so we can, you know, deal with this digital divide. We have a, a million uh, households all around Michigan, not only in our cities, but in rural communities where they can't connect. They don't have the high speed internet. So I believe we need to fix that also, that the digital divide, what it takes be successful right now so tied to high-speed internet and technology that no school, no college student, no small business, um, and, and you know others around the state should be at a disadvantage because of that. And I'm also working very hard to try to uh, use this opportunity to, to close one of those disparities, which yeah. is the digital divide. Right. Debbie Stabenow, Senator from here in the state of Michigan. Always great to have you with us on Detroit Today. Thank you very much for stopping by. Great to be with you. Take care. Mm-hmm. That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow when we'll have a conversation about President Trump's struggles to effectively attack his opponent, Joe Biden, and Congresswoman Debbie Dingell will join the program. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.